0: So excited that you're here with another episode of the Fiercely Here Women in Business podcast. And woohoo, you are in for a treat today! So, this is Terese Kelly, and today I'm super excited to bring you Allison Donaghy. So, we met when she invited me to her podcast, and after like four minutes, we had this like little girl romance going on. We're just like, <laughs> she has a fabulous story. I love what Allison is about in the world, and so. I'm just going to turn it to you. So tell us a little bit about who
1: you are in the business world. What do you do today? And then mm-hmm. I'll ask you the questions and we'll proceed with our interview. Sounds good. Well, my name is Allison, and I own a company called Domino Thinking, where I challenge people to think about what they think about. At least that is how it started. And then like most things, it morphs into something else. And so what it's morphed into for me is working on this process called My Part. And I would love for mm-hmm. it to see it become a movement, us accepting accountability for how we co-create our life, and that is not about shame or blame or any of those things. It's just about the construction of the situation and what a part that we play. And it's just been really amazing working with people around this and how it's changing their lives, allowing them to leave a victim state. So, it's uh, it's a pretty cool that it's a is a pretty good. cool existence. That is
0: good. Yeah, my body's like whoa, that's, that's really <laughs> awesome. Cool. Well, you know, this is called the Fiercely Here Women in Business Podcast. So, Allison, what is it? Because you are a fierce AF sister. <laughs> What does it mean to you to be fiercely here? Like, how do you embrace
1: that? How does that show up in your life and business? Uh, well, I think it's, um, you know, th- that word authentic really drives me crazy because it's misused in so many ways. But when we can show up truly connected to our internal worth, that is where our authenticity comes from, our empowerment, all of that. Like you can't have it without having internal worth. It is an internal exercise. And so I think when people show up fierce, it's because they know who they are. There are people, I think, who show up fierce and it's just obnoxious, (laughs) right? Right, right. Um, Because there is a very, it's a subtle difference, but there is a difference between somebody who is strong and in the center of who they are and going through life on their own terms and somebody who is just trying to uh, be obnoxious. But I think when we, we are truly connected with our fierceness, it's when this is who I am, this is how I see the world and take it or leave it.
0: Nice. Do, do you ever find, cause you're a really strong woman. Have you ever gotten pushback? Like, God, you're being such a bitch
1: or God, or worse, you're acting like a man. Like, have you ever heard that? Oh, all, all the time. Yeah, you know, my, my first company is a house painting company. And so um, I was a single mom on welfare when I started it. And I started it 20 years ago. Women were not in the trades back then. And so yeah. I got an awful lot of pushback, but for me, The way I see that is you can do one of two things. I can either say, oh, I'm so sorry. How would you like me to show up? (laughs) Or you can say, yeah, maybe I'm not your people. Right. 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 And you definitely are not mine. (laughs) So it's, and then just carry about doing what you're doing. Like I was too busy trying to put food on a table to care what other people were saying. So I think sometimes when we get too caught up in what other people think of us, it's because we are not fully embedded in what mm-hmm. we're doing and we're not staying busy enough. Love it. Yeah. Cause I think that's one of the objections. You know what I mean? Like women are so afraid of like, well, what if they think,
0: what if they judge me? What if they think, what if they call me a bitch? Oh, so be a bitch. Oh, Say thank they, you. It's a beautiful thing. Right. But I think, I think we look at the fear and that holds people back. So I just wanted to bring that yeah. to the beginning. Like, does that ever happen to you? So that's a great. Well, and point. one
1: step deeper on that too. I think there's a lot of toxic feminism out there yes. that mm-hmm. tells us this is going to happen. And if we buy into that thought process, Mm. it's going to happen. Whereas Mm. I just refuse to let that be a part of my existence. It's water off a duck's back. If somebody doesn't like me and a lot of people don't like me and that's okay because a lot of people do like me, which is great. And those are the people that I'm, I'm here for. And when we buy into this fact that as women, we are victims Right. That clouds everything we do. Right. So I think we have to be really careful about making sure we step back and look at that that toxic feminism and if it's impacting us. That's really Because it certainly impacted me in many ways. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, I got to this state, you know, obviously I'm, I'm a more mature woman. I've got a
0: few wrinkles to show. And I also have the, and I don't give a fuck anymore because mm-hmm. I spent so much of my life, so many years, so many relationships, so much effort in making sure I was, what you want me to be and doing all, and it is draining as hell. And so to me, part of the fiercely here is it doesn't matter where the people, I love
1: how you frame that when you're centered in your being water off your back, right? <clears throat> yeah. Because it truly does become about them. If there is somebody that thinks I'm a bitch for speaking up about something that is because their worth is not intact. Ding, ding, ding. I don't need to go through life thinking that a woman might be a bitch or not be a bitch because it has no bearing <laughs> on my life. So I don't get to have an opinion about it.
0: Teachable right? so. I... <laughs> moment right there. It's not about you.
1: It's about their shit, right? Yeah, like, that's it really, really is. What it is. And that. when we, I believe that we're on this journey of searching for our worth. Mm-hmm. It's, so everything we do comes down to worthiness. I'm either trying to create it or I'm finding it within myself. And so when people are saying things about you that don't feel good, it's because they're trying to get their worth from putting you down. So can we, I just want to stop this
0: for a moment. Mm -hmm. we got to freeze the frame (laughs) because if if you are a woman who is, who has been raised to be codependent, because we all are, if you're over 40 generally raised to, you know, be nice. Don't speak unless you can say nice things like that. Like we're, Forever out there scanning the environment looking for approval, looking for acceptance. Mm-hmm. And what I'm
1: hearing you say is it doesn't matter, it's mm-hmm. got to start inside. Right? Yeah, so, yeah, and the that. kindness stems from that, the mm-hmm. empathy stems from that, right? Like, if I am internally intact in my worthiness, mm-hmm. I get to support you without trying to change you. Right. And so that is this really beautiful place to live and interact mm. with people. You know, I had a woman say to me the other day, You're the only person that not only didn't judge my relationship with my husband, but actually treated mm. him well, despite what you knew. And I said, Well, it wasn't my relationship to have an opinion about. Mm. And no. so when we get to that place, we get to interact with people. And there's an awful lot of good things in being nice. Well, actually, I think it's more about be kind than right. be nice. nice. I think there, there's a yeah. difference. And to care about the people that are around us and to not intentionally hurt people and those sort of things. Like there's value in the way that we're raised as women, but there's a double-edged sword. Mm-hmm. And so there's that crappy part mm-hmm. too, which we internalize is I should stay silent. Right. And I disagree with that.
0: So today, the Allison, that I know, is kind of a badass, right? <laughs> um, and I, I always want to hear, I have, I'm a huge fan of, like, journey stories. Mm-hmm. Like, how the heck did you get here? Like, tell us the journey. Because you talked about being a single mom on welfare. And so, I mean, like, like kind of give us some snapshots of, like, Allison, what the, what the journey's been for you. And maybe mm-hmm. lessons along the way.
1: Well, I would have to say I was always a bit of an outsider growing up. Like the teachers, Mm -hmm. I swear to God, they sat in the staff room and went, oh no, we got her in our class again because Mm -hmm. I was always questioning things. I was always that person who said, yesterday you said this and today you're saying this. totally different, which is it? And then, so there's that component to growing up being slightly different than the people who are towing the line. And so I think it was pretty evident from a young age that I probably was not going to go through the world the same way as other people <laughs> maybe chose to. And so my parents got divorced when I was 12, so nobody else was getting divorced. So my, I was oh. like, you know, um, the odd one out, yeah. but I totally supported it because they weren't happy. It made no sure. sense to me for them to stay together. And then when I was 18, I was on the pill and I got pregnant and I'd never held a baby before. I'd never been in the same room as a baby. Like it was, (laughs) damn. And I spent an awful lot of time contemplating whether or not I should actually go through with it. Like was I equipped? And thank God I went through with it. I I am a big pro-choicer. So for me, that was an option. And then I I met uh, Bob. I was on welfare and I met him and, He was a painter. I was going to university full time. I was working three jobs, single mom. And I met Bob and he says, you know, I can teach you how to paint and you'll make more money. You'll get to see your kid. And I'm like, I don't care what you want me to do. If I get to see my kid, I will do it. And so I ended up moving in with him. And the weekend before I moved in, he relapsed into IV drug addiction and um, my whole world sort of became something very, very different. I thought I'd been around the block a few times, but there was nothing that could have prepared me for that lifestyle. And it took six years for it to uh, work its way through. He ended up actually dying, which was what um, released me from that relationship. Because I definitely had that, I can't abandon somebody while they're in need, right? There's that toxic part of the way women are raised, right? And I felt a responsibility. I felt like he would die if I left. And guess what? He died anyway. And Mm -hmm. I gave up years of my life worried about something inevitable, right? And so when he died, I was, you know, $10,000 in debt. I uh, didn't know what I was going to do. I had no food for the table, like nothing. And So it was time to grow up, sweetheart, and figure this out. And because all my energy was no longer focused on Mm -hmm. his addiction, Mm -hmm. um, I started a house painting company. And I thought I'll do it for a year until I figure out what I really (laughs) want to do. And in the meantime, I finished my degree. So I um, I have criminology, psychology, and sociology behind me. And I got my Bachelor of Arts. And I just thought, oh, I'll do this until my kid graduates now. And then he graduated and then the economy tanked. And I was like, Oh, I guess I'm going to stick around with this. And then my son's working for my company and now he's mm. taking it over. And, and so it really is about just trying to find your way and try to stay as true as possible to who you are. Yeah. Mm-hmm. How though, how
0: though I've had issues with, I, I was married to an addict off and on. I mean, he was, he didn't use all the time, but it was years of addiction. Right. Mm-hmm. And so I know what it's like to be so powerless and just get trapped in this, you know, I got to fix it. I can, I, and the powerlessness of that. Right. Yeah. And so how did you keep going? Cause I'm sure a lot of listeners, maybe your, maybe your partner isn't an addict or maybe, maybe you've got a sick kid or maybe there's, you know, you've got a situation that is siphoning your energy off. Yeah. So what would you say today? Like, cause that's, it's so easy to lose yourself. Like you said, we're trained for this. Yeah. How do you, how do you counsel people to pull back?
1: Mm-hmm. Well, it's now the work that I do with uh, my part program, uh, connecting with our internal worth. Where is it coming from? How are you co-creating that? Sure, I lived with an addict, but I co-created our life. Right. Right. You know I at the time, I thought it was happening to me, right. but it was happening as a result of me. And mm-hmm. so it's really about sitting back, releasing the feelings that you're having around the situation and try to understand the construction of the situation. Because our emotions can sometimes make us overprotective of ourselves or defensive or any of that sort of stuff. But if we can suspend all of that Mm -hmm. and look, okay, this is the situation. This is what he does or she does. This is what I do. Mm -hmm. And start breaking it down and then make a decision if that's the life you want. And if it is, then how can you adjust it so it's not toxic for yourself? And if it's not, then how do you get out? Right. Mm-hmm. You know what I
0: find though is people, and this is really sad, there's actually a payoff to staying a victim.
1: Oh my God, yes. There's a payoff in everything. <laughs> so why would we be exempt in that area? Right. Right?
0: And so I remember, you know, so after I get divorced, I would, you know, when you go on first dates, you go, oh, tell me about your horrible ex. And then you're like, and I was like, oh, well, mine overdosed him. You know, and I'm like, where in the badge if I was wronged." And then a few years later, I'm like, yeah, we just changed. You know what I mean? It's just like, like after a while, the story, because I I really had to look at, well, I chose to stay like, yeah, he might've done this, but it was me
1: who stayed. Yeah. And that is a beautiful example of one, how your worthiness, your relationship to your internal worth changed. Because once you got to free yourself from the war story and sharing Mm -hmm. that, you know, pity party story and over and over, and you were able to get to that place of, yeah, it just didn't work out. Yeah. That is a huge indicator of internal worth because you no longer need that other person's reaction to your sob story. Okay, just
0: punctuate that. Ding 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 ding. And I want you I want you listeners to just ask yourself, is there any part of you that's kind of getting off on being a victim? Or or you know, this is terrible to say I have like lots of dating experience, right? And I think in the beginning, I used to get off on the drama. The ones like, oh my God, he's going to break up. Oh no, you know, because I had come from that, right? And we Mm -hmm. get, we literally, our physiology gets wired to chaos and drama. And so we seek it. That's why, you you know, you replace one drunk with another drunk. You replace one abusive person with another. It's like, like we seek it out because
1: that's now our set point. It's our new, it's our normal, right? So I propose we find a new normal, but that has to be done with consciousness. You can't. if you're with an addict, for example, and you don't do the work, you're going to end up with another addict because that's what your normal is. And so you have to create this new normal as well. You know, I had a client one time and she went through my program and she called me up. I think it's like on week four or five. And she's like, I'm so mad at you this week. And I went, what did I do? And she said, this whole thing about a pay value, around being a victim. She goes, I did not enjoy being a victim until I started thinking about it. And then I realized I did actually <laughs> get a benefit to being a victim, becoming a victim. And she said, and I realized I was using my victim state against my husband to manipulate and control mm-hmm. him. Mm-hmm. And I didn't know I was doing it. And we've had a conversation about it. She said, you know, my relationship was in trouble and I didn't even know it because wow. of this. She yeah. said, so just understanding that right. there is an enjoyment to being a victim and it's, it's a statement. It's not a judgment, right? There are times that I fall in a victim state and I'm like, bring on this sympathy. I Good. need people to feel Good. sorry for me, right? It happens. But the question is, is how long do you stay there? Exactly.
0: And I don't think anybody's like, "Yay, I'm so happy, but I feel like it's, it's identity becomes how you move about the world. It becomes Mm -hmm. what you talk about. You know, like, like I, when I was first divorced, one of my girlfriends and I'd be like, Oh, well you think your ex-husband's bad. Oh my God. And we would commiserate. And there's literally, there's like a trauma bond. You know what I mean? Like we bond with people around our shitty lives. Mm -hmm. And then if you don't have shitty lives, it's like, what else am I going to talk about? What's (gasps) the way, really? It's not, it's so boring. And so Mm -hmm. The reason I'm bringing this up is I always believe if you have awareness you have choice, right? Mm-hmm. And so the most important thing is, as you said earlier, no shame, no shame, no judgment. It's just, it just is a thing. And yeah. so, you, so how do you teach people? Cause I'm all about, let's look at the patterns. Let's pull it up, make it conscious. Mm-hmm. How do you teach that? Cause you talk about deconstructing. So right. give us your two cents on it.
1: Yeah. Well, I offer an eight week program and it just helps people go through to understand where their worth is coming from, Mm. how they co-create it. And then how do they want their new normal to look like? How do we navigate through that process to create this new normal? And I've created a game. A game? Yeah. It's called time to talk. So what it does is it helps you practice with other people's shitty situations (laughs) because we can talk about somebody else's Crappy life mm-hmm. without emotion attached to it. Absolutely. Right? Right. Maybe we're getting a little bit of happiness because they're miserable and we're <sighs> not. And then we're like comparing and getting some validation that way. But that all aside, we're not going to get as emotionally caught up in the details of what it is. So this game is really about looking at a scenario and who is the person in the scenario and creating this profile around this person. Mm. And then why do they feel like a victim in this situation? Mm. And then How did they contribute to that situation? And then what is their new normal? And so when people practice this on uh, non-emotionally charged issues, it makes it a lot easier for them to do it with themselves as well. And I, yeah, never start with your worst problem. (laughs) I'm just, you know, this is one of those little warning symbols that you see on hair dryers. Don't do it in the shower. Um, (laughs) But really it's start with something manageable because stuff is going to come up. Well, give me an example, because I know you talked about with your ex, Mm -hmm. but like in life or business,
0: how do you give me an example of how you ship like a tangible, like Mm -hmm. this happened and then I did my process and I got here.
1: Right. Well, um, I can talk about a couple of people that I've worked with. So one woman, she's done an awful lot of spiritual work and she (laughs) was at a relatively healthy place that we could talk about an issue this big, but sometimes it's just not, the big issues we should start with. But for her, Mm -hmm. it was um her husband cheated on her. And -hmm. she said to me, she goes, Explain to me how I'm not the victim in all of this. And I'm like, all right, let's have a seat. (laughs) Yeah, that's a good one. That's a good challenge. Right. And we talked about how she ignored and neglected and manipulated Mm -hmm. her husband because she was trying to get her worth from her first husband and her father. Mm -hmm. And Right. And so she had her back to her husband while parading him in front of um, her first husband and her dad going, look how worthy I am. This young, handsome man wants me. And she was completely oblivious to his needs. Mm -hmm. And so here he is trying to get his worth from somebody who isn't Mm -hmm. even looking at him. And so he started looking for his worth elsewhere and he did this for him. It was through having affairs. Is it okay to have an affair in a relationship? That's not the point. The point is, because in some relationships, it is okay. Mm-hmm. That is how right. they work. Right. That yeah. is an agreement they have. Maybe they're poly. Maybe there's something else. I don't know. And I know people who have girlfriends on the side. Mm-hmm. Their wives know about it. And it's a yeah. very functional relationship. It's just the agreements
0: they have that are different, right?
1: Right. So. right. And so we don't need to have a judgment around any of that. So then she said to me, she's like, oh my God, I totally got wow. caught up in this self-worth, self-worth loop. And I did ignore him and I did contribute to that. Wow. And so she was then able, they ended up getting divorced, mm-hmm. which, you know, fair. Like it's, this is not about staying in a situation yeah. and making a something broken better if it's mm-hmm. broken. Uh, and so, but now they have a really amicable relationship mm-hmm. and, you know, I had another client, and these all seem to be relationship ones I'm giving you, but she said that, her, I did a half day workshop. And she said, Oh, it's all my husband's fault. It's his fault. Our relationship broke down. It's his fault. We're having a messy divorce. If only he would just fill in the blank. You were probably like ready to bounce. (laughs) (laughs) And so at the end of the course, I just sort of went along with it at the end of the the half day workshop. She said to me, she goes, Oh my God, I co-created this, didn't I? Mm. And I said, I don't know. Did you? She goes, I totally did. She phoned the mediator and said, Hey, can you tell him that I understand this is not all his fault?" Wow. And they went on to have this really amicable divorce, and they are actually pretty good friends now. And so whether it's a working relationship or a personal relationship, we do play a part. And when we own that, it means Mm -hmm. so much to the other person, not just Mm -hmm. ourselves.
0: Well, what I hear too is, Alison, the freedom of letting the story go, because the story keeps you sick. The story keeps you tethered to whatever the thing was, as opposed to, oh, I did that. All right, I'm choosing differently now right? Yeah.
1: And the story's not true. Right. Well, here's the a story that you are remembering of your past is not true. <laughs> what? What? <laughs> um, okay. Hold on.
0: Sometimes that, and you've heard this concept, spiritual bypassing. Mm-hmm. So where's the space of, cause like for example, I just got sort of screwed out of something. This thing that I was hoping to get and kind of got ghosted and this thing didn't happen. And mm-hmm. I'm like, ugh. Oh. I was promised, and I'm sick of feeling like a victim, right? right? So then it would be easy to go, oh well, all things happen; it's happening for me and not to me. Blah, blah blah blah. Do you see? Some people don't really do the work; they they just bypass it, and I don't know if that's really cleaned up. They just yeah. have it all a little like, what's your take on that? Because I,
1: I see, I hear that in the conscious world. Oh, don't mm-hmm. spiritual bypass. So how do you talk about that? I think there's like everything. It's a double-edged sword. Yeah. I find that for me, because I've done so much work around this victim state and when I'm yeah. feeling like a victim, how I'm co-creating all of that, I'm able to look at a situation like that and go, okay. Yeah. I, I, whatever I did,
0: yeah.
1: I did. I don't longer need to really understand it. I just need to acknowledge that I somehow co-created that. Okay. Um, but what you're talking about is, I think, is, if I understand correctly, is like those people just focus on the positive. Yes, yes. But those negative things are still going to be there. And if you haven't worked through right. them, they're going to show up again. So you right. can spiritually bypass a bad relationship all you want, but you're almost definitely going to end up in another <laughs> one that's the same because you haven't done the work, the work right? to earn the right to bypass it that way. Does that make sense? Yeah, I I work with people and they'll be like, oh, I should forgive. I'm like, no, you shouldn't. No, you shouldn't. Because
0: you need to process it. You need to go through anger. You need to to feel all the feelings and then maybe you can get to forgiveness.
1: But I think we're so quick to like whitewash it, right? Yeah. And what I'm finding as well is I don't think, I'm having as many feelings about things as I used to. Oh, nice. Right. And so I find that processing time shrinks. Mm -hmm. Uh, There are definitely some things that get my goat and I don't understand why I'm so triggered by something, but then that's a perfect opportunity to say, thank you for shining light on something I need to work on as opposed to blaming that person for triggering me. Uh, Um, Right. uh, (laughs) And so I think when we, um, there's, there's so many ways of getting around it, but I do find that I am way less emotionally charged than I used to be.
0: Isn't that lovely? It is so
1: freeing. I am not being controlled by external forces the same way as I used to be ding, ding, ding.
0: This yeah. is the goal. This is Like, you know, stuff's going to fly at you. And the goal is wh- how do I manage that? What tools do I have instead of letting it blow you over, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Life's going to happen. You're going to get kicked in the head. Things are going to break down. And yeah. what tools do you have? So what other tools do you use? Because I hear a lot, like the, the whole thing about your worth mm-hmm. and a lot of self-reflection and owning yourself and taking responsibility. Yeah. What are the, what are the things do you teach that like, like
1: these are my top three or top five that like, got to have in place right well one of the other things that i talk about too a lot is called um what i coined think opposite and Mm -hmm. so it's the opportunity to suspend what you believe to consider a different perspective okay and there's been some really cool work done around this stuff when the hillary trump election was happening uh some people were approached on social media saying hey can we mess with your algorithms you are solid Trump supporter. Can yes. we send you the algorithms as if you were a Hillary supporter? Wow. And vice versa. And what they found was that people's perspectives shifted. And mm-hmm. not everybody, not every Trump supporter became a Hillary supporter. Some mm-hmm. did. Many did not. But they softened their view right. of right. the other side. So they're
0: more open-minded, it sounds yeah.
1: like. And so if we take... The opportunity to get out of our own echo chamber, you know, those places where we sit and we share trauma and we're just like, oh, all men are bad to actually having conversations with men to try to understand their male experience. Now we become more well-rounded. Now we can actually start questioning what beliefs are actually ours. Like when this happened to me a couple of years ago, I had a guest on my podcast and he told me about when he was raped by his wife and put in the hospital for three or four days. I realized during that conversation that I'd not been fair to men. I'd not been seeing or trying to understand the male experience. And so I spent the next year and a half on my podcast talking about men's rights and feminism and how do we bridge that gap. Now, not everybody has a podcast and they're able to do that. But for me, it was so important that I delve into it and I've just written a chapter for an anthology that's coming out around men's issues and women. And yeah. uh, so I'm really excited to be a part of that as that's well. Really cool. Uh, yeah. But that's definitely one of those things, like just think opposite. That person in front of you that you disagree with has had life experiences mm-hmm. that are valid. And mm-hmm. when you discount them, you're discounting them as a person. Right. And nothing good can come from that.
0: Well, I think especially in our political climate, it's very easy. We're so polarized, right? And so oh, yeah. boyfriend and I are uh, definitely at opposite ends of the, of the spectrum. Mm-hmm. And I will look at him and I'll say, I understand based on who you are, why you would, I, I, I see his life. I see mm-hmm. where he was raised. I understand the collective and where he, where he gets his news. He doesn't sometimes give me the same. Life. <laughs> it's just like, how can you think that? But I think most people go there like, as it's a personal attack. Like you're a dumbass or what's wrong with you as opposed to what I love about Yelson is that, um, I love like your expansion. You're like you're asking people to put their big brains on, like like expand, think differently. Don't just <laughs> don't just do this. So, what's cool in your life these days? Maybe it's a new business thing or a personal thing. Like, what is lighting you
1: up? Well, this work that I'm doing around my part really is mm-hmm. um, is so cool. And I just before I get into that any further, I really want yes. to circle back to what you had said about how your partner doesn't always offer you the yes. same. Really? Uh, so much of that I think is tied to our worth right? When we can convert somebody to believe what we believe, right? right? Now we are more worthy because we're more right.
0: Right,
1: (laughs) And so there's often that that goes into it. So when we do explore the other person's perspective, that means we are suspending our need to get our worth from that situation or we're adjusting it. Now the worth comes from, I care enough about myself to hear what you have to say. Well, I've even said to him, instead of just saying you're wrong, or how can Mm
0: -hmm. you believe that? Why don't you ask? Why do you believe that? Mm-hmm. Where'd you get that? Why is that yeah. important to you? You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like, and, get and curious. Get curious, because yeah. nobody in the political world—I don't I shouldn't say nobody—but most people are not engaged in that conversation. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? We're yeah. we we're either it's just too it's over it's, just, it's just, we're going to hell. You know, as if, or nobody's listening to anybody. As opposed to, huh? Well, why? Where'd you come? How'd you get that? Like, why does it matter? I I love that inquiry. It really softens things when people can do it. A little difficult in this political political conversation we're having Mm -hmm. now. But like even in your relationships, even with your business,
1: even with your you know clients, if there's a conflict, it's like, huh, how could you come with that? Just with neutrality. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And without trying to guide that conversation, like just tell me more. Yeah. Right? And and allow them that space. And I believe that being seen is a fundamental human need. So much so. And so when you afford somebody the gift of seeing them by saying, tell me more where does that come from? Why mm-hmm. do you think that? Even if it's like, why do you think I'm wrong? Like okay. be secure enough that you are not going to die if that person right. doesn't agree with right. you. Right. right. right, Now that's not the same as being dismissive and go, well, we're just going to have to agree to disagree. That is not a healthy response, <laughs> <laughs> right? Like there at least said that way with that attitude. Right. But, right, right. Yeah. 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 So I'm, I'm loving the work that I get to do with people around mm. this, the mm. conversations I get to have. Um, you know, I'm excited. And I, hopefully this year is going to bring more speaking opportunities and more opportunities to put on workshops because I think mm. the facilitating of this process, and it's simple, like that's anybody who's gone through it has just said, it's so simple. It's oh, so no. simple. Doesn't mean it's easy, yeah, <laughs> but yeah. it is a simple step-by-step process. And you rinse and repeat. That is so cool. right. And I love that I don't need people to get married to me for a long period of time mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, to get healthy. You just take right. this and go. And you know, so at the end of my program, mm-hmm. there's no, now do you want to sign up with a $15,000 coaching right. package with me? Because it's it a real work. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> right? yeah. um, for me, I think I'm further victimizing people by doing that. So just watching yeah. people become free which is not always to say they always love me. Like the woman that I did work whose husband was fooling around on her. Sometimes she's just like, I hate you. I just want to blame the other person and be done with it. Right? <laughs> well, but, you can, how's that working for you? Right? Yeah, that's right. Yeah. And mm-hmm. you can go back to the way you were. I'm not telling you, you can't. Mm-hmm. Um, but now she's using this stuff with her business clients as well. And so it's, it's super cool.
0: That's really awesome.
1: So where do people find you? Easiest place is my website, dominothinking.com, contact information, podcast, blogs, everything's on there. And if you um, want to reach out, I answer all my emails. It sometimes takes me a little while, so I apologize if it's not quick, okay. but uh, it does happen. Yeah. And your podcast is fun, so tell them about your podcast. Yeah. Uh, it's called Domino Thinking with Allison, and I bring on great guests like yourself, mm-hmm. um, where we get to talk about our journey, um, that victim to freedom state uh, mm-hmm. journey that people have, because sometimes we don't always know what a victim state looks like and so sometimes it's really nice to hear the stuff people go through and then how they got out of it uh, as examples it's a lot like playing the game right when I can listen to somebody else's story and go that's where they were that's what they did mm-hmm. and now they're free right. that's so cool right now I can start applying it to my own life yeah. uh, so that's really cool and sometimes I'll just bring on guests that have a controversial point of view and uh, I had a woman talking about orgasms and how it makes your business better. And it was a fun interview. She's actually yeah. going to come on again. I've talked to people. I talked to a guy in Michigan whose son stabbed his mother, this guy's wife, 104 times and was tried as an adult. And his experience about going through the whole court system and the prison system. And now he's involved with the prison art show and all of that. And um, One of my guests that I talked to does volunteer work at a prison down in California. So I got to go down there and do the prison work with her and that was incredible wow that was truly oh, I remarkable love experience. that yeah. oh my
0: gosh yeah. have you watched the um, van jones has a show called the redemption
1: project no
0: check it out okay so it's it's like it's prisoners that have usually they're either on death row or there there's been a murder or something and they do a lot of work with them and and the victims quote victims face the prisoner and they get mm. they have a conversation and that there's so much healing yeah. It's because it's they want to hear the story and they, they, they often terms with forgiveness and it's, 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 it's fabulous. It's just, wow. it's just as and where recall. is it? Van Jones on CNN, okay. um, the redemption project.
1: So it reminds me of this. Okay. I will totally check it out. You know, a show I'm really loving right now is um, the morning show.
0: Well, I haven't seen that.
1: Yeah. With Jennifer Aniston and Reese Witherspoon. And it talks about the me too movement.
0: Oh, and, right. Okay. Perfect. Um,
1: Steve Carroll. He's, Is that his name? Corral. He's so Corral. good. Yeah, he was accused of sexual misconduct and fired from the show. And he was Jennifer Aniston's co-host. And so it's how people knew it was happening, but they're not being mm. held accountable for not speaking up. And how he didn't realize he was actually forcing people to have sex with him. He thought they were willing. And I can, you know, once yeah. you can get into this place, you can see, right? Like this woman goes up to his room and she's he's like, well, you didn't, like, Did you didn't, like, what did you think was going to happen when you came up to my room? And then he's kissing her and you can see her face, yeah, but he can't see her face. Wow. And so yeah. you can see that she doesn't want to be there, but she doesn't speak up. Right. So he doesn't know she doesn't want to be there. And so it's all of these layers. That's fascinating. Yeah. They've done a brilliant job of it. Like it's, there's so much to it.
0: Cool. I will check that out. Gotta love good good TV shows. <laughs> All right. So anything else you wanna say? It's like, you know, if you, you got an open stage here, girl. Anything yeah.
1: else? Any message you want, any any final word? I just want to say to, you know, everybody that's listening is that you are a miracle. When you mm-hmm. think about how you were created, this little tiny sperm found this little tiny egg and made you not a thousand other possibilities. It made you, which makes you a miracle. And if you are a miracle, it means that you are inherently worthy. And then you're born into this world and the world Mm. tells you you're not good enough. And you believe it because what other choice do you have? You're a child, you don't know any different, but you have worth. And when we can stop getting it from other people and get it from inside, it can change our whole life. So remember you are inherently worthy.
0: So beautiful, you're,
1: you're, you're so cool. You know, seriously, like,
0: like I do a lot of podcasts and when I, like within five minutes, Alison and I were like, I really like this chick. And and so it's really fun to, to get to interview, to hear your story, to hear your commitment to the work, to hear your journey. And I love, love, love the way you are about the worthy part. I didn't know that. It's like because because I was talking about more the the thinking piece of it. You know the the domino mm. thinking and the looking different. I love this piece of it and the stand you are in the world and you're a beautiful example of it. So mwah, thanks for oh. showing up and being you, girl. Thanks
1: for the platform. You know this is what makes the world go around. And I think you're absolutely brilliant for having this show and just really providing examples with other guests as well about how we can show up authentically. Mm-hmm. And there's that word again. Um, and fierce as fuck, right? Fierce as fuck. <laughs> <That's Yay>. right. <laughs> Absolutely. All right. So
0: domino thinking, right? Yes. Domino thinking.com. Domino thinking.com. All right. So I hope y'all have loved this show as much as I have and mostly really tune in, ask yourself, like, am I still holding on to any victim stuff? You know, I could, here's the work I do you have know, my little pendulums and I could just go, Oh, you're holding on to that 50%, you know, but you can ask your own energy. You can ask your own body. You can mm-hmm. ask your soul. Like, am I at peace here? Is there something I'm getting by like, Oh, when he did that and that didn't work Like, because lots of times we can use as an excuse for playing small, for not showing up, for not being our brilliance. And what I say is there's somebody freaking praying for you. How dare you? Somebody is literally waiting for you to step up and shine your light. How dare you stay in your small self, right? It is our work to get our stuff in the world. And so that means you've got to do the work. So you've got a brilliant demonstration here. If you are looking for support, check out Allison's work, check out my work. We can, we can really help you shift Away from victim consciousness. My thing is, I'm a shame buster. Nobody will have shame on my watch. And so love that's it. my thing. And so, <laughs> so reach out if you need more support. In the meantime, much love, many blessings. Bye now. Hey, I really appreciate you listening to that last episode, and I would love to get to know you a little bit more and to get to connect with you on a deeper level. And here's what I suggest. I've got a Facebook group that corresponds with the content of these podcasts. It's called Fiercely Brilliant Women in Business with Therese Skelly. So if you just search Facebook, Fiercely Brilliant with Therese Skelly, you'll find the group. It's a really nice group. It's a small group and I'm super active in it. So each week we have a lot of supportive conversations. I share a lot of resources. I do a lot of coaching on the spot. And I would love to have you join me there. So if you like the vibe of this podcast and you want to hang out with a pretty darn cool community of women, join us at Fiercely Brilliant on Facebook with Teresa Scali. Already, peace and blessings. And I hope to
1: see you in the group. Bye now.